most people think. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of What Most People Think. My name is Jeff Norcott, I'm a stand-up comedian. This is my podcast and this week, oh, we've got a good guest today. We've got a great guest. We've got the best guest. We've got Ramesh Ranganathan now. He is a mate and stuff, but he's also incredibly busy. So it was just good to sit down with him and have a chat. Uh, you know, we started off talking about, started off talking about, you know, detailed stuff about his show that he's doing at the moment, the Ranganathan about how he approaches comedy, how he feels about veganism and raising three boys. And we had some really good detailed chat. And then, well, we got to the letters section. And it, it, it's I wouldn't normally issue a health warning on one of my podcasts, but it's pretty raw. So um, just, you know, there are a couple of moments where you might, if, if you like to have the volume up, just be conscious of uh, <laughs> of people around. Definitely, you know, definitely stay tuned. Uh, it was a real riot. Uh, at the end so if you are just here for Romish this bit I'm just going to have a quick chat at the front of the show because I like to catch up uh, on the politics side of things we are of course in the aftermath of the European uh, elections where well let's be honest the um, the Remain side pretty much lost their minds didn't they I mean I've always this is the weird thing I've always harboured this this nagging sort of suspicion if I'm honest that maybe Remainers are better than me. I know that's weak to admit that, but I'm just throwing it out there that maybe they are the sober ones, the rational ones, you know, the ones that are more trustworthy with numbers. You know, in my in my weaker moments, that is a doubt that I that I harbour. But I, I maybe that once was the case. Who knows? But man, after those European elections, I'm not I'm I don't think that anymore. How can you I mean, how can you continue to make snarky comments about numbers on the side of a bus when you when you can't read numbers on a bar graph. I've never seen. I've never seen anything like it. I was really, really surprised by the, the, the sort of head in the sand reaction from some. Not all Remainers, but but from some quarters. I mean, I was watching Channel Four actually. I was watching uh, Vince Cable getting interviewed by uh, Krishnan Guru Murphy, and Krishnan Guru Murphy put it to Vince Cable that, that the Brexit Party had won the election, and and Vince Cable disputed that. <laughs> he took issue. With that idea, and you're like, uh, no, Vince, they definitely did win the election. I mean, like you could argue, but um, if you wish about certain other sort of composite numbers, but they really, really did win the election. And I wonder if you know, I wonder if now you know, once Vince and the Lib Dems have adopted a um, you know a kind of populist type slogan like bollocks to Brexit, right? That you know, they why not go once you've had a taste of that, right? You've broke the seal. Why not? Why not go full? Sort of chemical alley like that guy from the Iraq War, and just claim that there there are no tanks in Baghdad. How can I mean, how can you not count the Tories? That's what I want to know. If if you're totting up all the votes that were for Leave voting parties and all the votes that are from Remain, right? You can exclude Labour potentially, even though officially their line is that they want to leave, but just exclude them for the sake of argument, right? How can you exclude the Tories? The whole reason that they're in disarray is because they've been trying. Uh, to deliver Brexit. The whole reason that their leader is, is you know, now looking for summer work <laughs> is because they've been trying and failing to deliver Brexit. So I, I don't know how you can... I, I, th- I think that what it proved, in a way, is that the, the percentage of people that will vote for Leave is, is still higher. That after everything, after all all the Project Fear, after, after everything that's happened over the last three years, it's still higher. <clears throat> 
but people won't accept it. It's 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 becoming bizarre. You know, if you look back, actually, I mean, you look back to in terms of the the way that the public feel about Europe. You look back to twenty fourteen, UKIP won, right? Twenty fifteen, the Tories won with a promise of a referendum. Twenty sixteen, the referendum was won by Leave. <laughs> twenty seventeen, the two main parties promising to deliver Brexit received more than eighty percent of the vote. Twenty nineteen, the Brexit party win comprehensively. And more people voted for Leave parties than Remain party. And, and what is the response of the ultra Remainers to all this? It's like, well, we need a confirmatory vote. <laughs> we feel like, we feel, I feel there's been a lot of confirmation. Okay, at what point? I just, you know, the other thing as well, right? If you are a Remainer, listen to this, right? right. First up, thank you for being somebody who's willing to get outside the FBE, FBPE echo chamber. And I'm like you, like, I, I have. Remainers that I follow, you know, the one people that I see as sensible, and I hope that maybe you don't see me as sensible, but there are some people on the leave side that you look to as a sort of uh, a temperature gauge just to kind of calibrate your own ideas. But as I looked around my favoured sensible Remainers, I sort of dipped my toe in the water, but they weren't in the... They were all jumping sharks. They were all jumping sharks. And I started to think, you know, maybe actually one of the main reasons to have, not to have a second referendum is that it would actually be better for the mental health of Remainers, right? Because they, uh, you know, some of them, especially the ones that have really disappeared down the rabbit hole, they, they've now spent so much time in this kind of hall of mirrors, right, having their own views reflected back to them, that it seems so anathema to them that anybody could ever still want to leave the European Union, that, that if there was a second referendum, I, th I think it might push them over the edge. I think it would genuinely push them over the edge. So I think that... It's much better that that referendum never happens, right? So they can kind of go on with the idea that if it had happened, they would have won. You know, they're kind of like a like a prize fighter that got stopped in the sixth, seventh, and eighth round, right? But they, you know, technically they were never knocked out, so they can go. Ah, oh, if I'd have just been, if I just had one more round, I would have landed that haymaker. If you know, if just maybe if the referee, you know, match referee hadn't noticed that my eyeball was like fucking lying on my cheek. <laughs> But, uh, so, I, you know, I, I remain, <clears throat> yeah, I, in a way, I went into those election results thinking maybe if, if there is a sea change, you know, if if the Remain parties win 60% of the vote, maybe even someone like me needs to be, you know, start re reassessing my view of a second referendum. But it didn't happen, you know. And uh, just before we uh, get into the chat with Romish, just a quick thank you and a fuck you um, from this week. I went, uh, thank you, I went to see Eric Prids at uh, Finsbury Park in London, it was, it was a great event, I do like my dance music and stuff, and I want to say thank you to, to all the people that came up and recognised me, all, all six of them, um, <laughs> it was 15,000 people there, it's not a great ratio, let's be honest, but um, but they were all sort of lefties and they were all Remainers, but like like mostly is the case, once you get outside of Twitter, people are cool, but the, but the, I have to say fuck you to the one guy, there's one guy that, that started, oh Tory boy, oh you know, started giving me shit, but it was as we were standing by these, these shit, you know, these urinals, you know, these outdoor urinals and stuff. So he's sort of standing next to me. It's sort of good-natured banter. And he's going, hey, you fucking Tory. It, was, it didn't really go beyond just reminding me that I was a Tory. But the main problem with it was that he was doing all this while I had my cock in my hand. And I don't think that that's fair. I don't think it's possible for me to be on my toes with my... And then he was sort of saying, oh, where's your banter? Where's your banter? Well, my, ba well, my cock is in my hand is what's happening, mate. 
So um, I thank you. <laughs> I fuck you um, to that guy. Listen, I will be. Uh, we're going to get the chat with Romish started now. I'll be chipping in to hype uh, a couple of my specific tour shows. And then, as ever, I'll be reading out one of the iTunes ratings at the end. But please, for now, enjoy the chat with the one and only Romish Ranganathan. So here we are, we've got Romish Ranganathan as the guest. I knew that the first bit would be tricky. I don't know why, because we've been, we've been hanging out. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be weird to create this construct where we're talking as people that have just met but um but thanks yes. for coming on my show what no man? listen thanks for having me on man i've it's, been um i've been hearing big things about this thing it is i mean it is it's it's called what most people think yes you know? it's about democracy mate. who did the music who did the music it was steve shanyaski the right. comedian yeah. do you like the music I, yeah i like the music and i like steve i like where they where they go steve this this is how this is how comedy works he's he's also got a um a, a, a nom de plume uh, called Subdiffuse. That's right. what that's what he makes. So is the music by Steve or by Subdiffuse for this podcast? That's a really that's a really good point. I haven't actually established that with because him. you might have you might have undermined. The yeah, artists do work under various different guises yes. at different times in their career. And you know, you know what the, the the bad thing is is that I've had the music in this episode eight. That's the first time I've directly hyped him by name. Yes, should I, I would I argue, have done that by now. I would argue the etiquette when. Somebody's done the music yeah. for your podcast is to definitely mention it sooner. I paid it. Yeah, but still, you know, it's nice to credit an artist for their work, isn't it? Yeah, I said that a bit too defensively. <laughs> I paid him. <laughs> paid him loads, mate. Yeah, so, buy it. Was it complete buyer? Done. Uh, it was a complete buyer. Into so that means you can use your music for whatever you want. Yes, and I have actually. If this got made into a TV show, yeah, I have actually sold the, the music you... on to a completely unrelated American format. Well, that's worked out well, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just... Uh, I imagine I mean, that will upset old Subdiffuse a little bit. Well, Subdiffuse, Steve's fine with it. Right, okay. Steve is absolutely cool with it. Subdiffuse on the other hand is fucking furious. Anyway, well, thanks for having me on, mate. No, no, well, listen, I, I, I thought that your sort of career needed this. A leg up. And not least because you're doing um, a show at the moment called The Ranga Nation. Now, yes. I think that this dovetails quite nicely with, with what I've got going in. What most people think, Yeah. right? About like uh, views from the ground up, yeah, from the muggles, the plebs, yeah. right? Not that I'm calling the Ranga Nation that, no, but, but it's sort of implied. It's it. implied. It's yeah. out there, and I think what you see as well that you don't see on telly much is is comparing quick-minded skills. Yeah. So when you work with them, you're clearly thinking on your feet. I think that when people watch a lot of telly now, even with the topical stuff, yeah. a lot of these things have been on so long that the public know that you know kind of know what the subjects might be in yes. comments and stuff. Yeah. But there's no denying that you're doing this stuff in real in real time. Man. Yes. I mean I do benefit from an edit. So you know yeah. if I do like drop a brick that gets yeah. quickly got sort of whipped away like a like a mother in labour curling one out. Do you know what I mean? Just sort of <laughs> The I don't know why I use that. It's a good question about Bubba and Labour curling one out. Do you ever do you think in that situation people ever get confused and name it? <laughs> just a, just a moment of panic in the delivery room. You're going, yeah, I imagine that. Gareth, <laughs> and then it gets taken out. But just the humiliation of the father. Yeah. Oh, he's gorgeous. Oh, it's a... <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Look, the truth is, is that um, it's it's one of the most fun shows I've ever I've ever done. Do you know what I mean? In term, for that reason, really, it's yeah. sort of you don't know what's going to happen when you go into the records, 
And that sounds like uh, I'm presenting some sort of like... Wacky. wacky yeah, I know. You just lonely. don't know what's going to happen in the studio. It's don't crazy. Don't forget your toothbrush. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but um, no, it is really good fun. Um, and the Ranga Nation are amazing. I mean, they're so good. Do you know what I mean? So you always know you're going to get good stuff from them. Um, so yeah, it's really good fun. But it, it's uh, But at the same time, you do sort of shit yourself a bit because you sort of think... I, you know, you can prep to a point, but then beyond that, you sort of think, it's very much, how, how good that show will be is very much dependent on the unknown, do you know what I mean? Yeah. How those chats are going to go, what they're going to give you, how you're going to respond to all that. So it's sort of exciting, but also, I say frightening. I mean, none of what we're doing is important, is it, in the grand scheme of things? But, no, but do you I know think what I mean? it's in timely. That... I think that's the thing about the show that's nice. Obviously, I love political humour. I like doing political humour, but it's nice seeing something come out from more of a social commentary angle. Yeah. And I think the great thing is, obviously, I think the show's got like the most bankable act in British comedy at the moment. Mate, which what is, a guy. Which is your mum. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did I actually. I get... walked straight into that one. <laughs> Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I don't know, like, the last, yeah. the, like, she is just, uh, like, all seriousness, like, whenever yeah. I'm interviewed, when it's not a mate, I always sort of, I sort of go, well, you know, uh, it slightly pisses me off. But it, it does slightly piss me off. Well, it, took, it takes a long time yeah, to get yeah. good at this job, And right? then, like, she just sort of, like, has become, she just sort of nailed her character. No, I say her character. Just persona. Yeah. Like, yeah, she knows her beat, she knows her comedy yeah. wheelhouse. It's, it's like, it's, it's amazing. Do you and you start to think that maybe like, it really does come from her. It's, fu- it's funny you say that, right? Because uh, I, I never thought it did. Because like my dad, who, uh, you know, no longer with us, but my dad used to be, he used to be very much like me. He'd had that sort of cutting kind of, you know, our senses of humour very similar. And my mum never was, I didn't, I didn't think that my mum was like that. And it's now that I started to realise, shit, she is funny, man. Like, mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I'd sort of, when we did Asia Provocateur, if I'm being, did this travel show, for, that, for anyone that doesn't know, the travel show where I went to Sri Lanka and my mum sort of sent me in. When she was being funny on that show, I just assumed it was accidental. You know, I just assumed that she was just being herself and it's just the edit and the context of it made it funny. Yeah. But now, I re- as we've gone on, I realise that I, haven't, I didn't give her the credit that she And she was actually. operating, she was running a full yeah, tool she's fun, she's just writer's fun. room yeah, with yeah. Like some of the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's just working on gear like every night. You know <laughs> I mean? um, but yeah, so I, I don't think I gave her the credit she, she deserves. She's, um, she is just like, on Ranganation, she's, I mean, I don't want to jinx her, I get nervous for her, but she's like been great so far, man. No, I've seen the episodes, they're wicked. And I think that, like, in terms of, like, the monologue and stuff, is that what I love particularly about the first episode is that it's weird because you're not one of these comedians, you are of the left, you are of the Remain side. Yes. But it does seem that your own side bug you sometimes. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I, I sort of, um, I actually think, because you and I have worked so much together, it may have, uh, I'm not saying you've infected me, but you have, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you have, uh, I, I, would, I would credit you, my friendship with you, for giving me a bit of perspective on that, because I think that uh, I think that the left are guilty of of not being aware of their own hypocrisy sometimes when it comes to when it comes to sort of pointing out the flaws that they perceive to be on the right of things, and I I just think that because the if you boil things down to their very very basics, the left are seen as caring and uh, philanthropic and the mm. right are seen as self-serving you know that's the, that's the yeah, stereotypes yeah, the, the of those sides yeah. um, 
that the left feel that they can do no wrong. And I think that increasingly has been the case. And I have seen the left on social media and just in their general attitudes say things that I think are offensive or uh, are wrong, uh, just fueled by their own self-righteousness. Mm. Yeah. And they've allowed that self-righteousness to maybe cloud their judgment. Do you know what I mean? And, and I find that sort of slightly frustrating. But it hasn't changed my... It hasn't changed my positioning on things particularly, but I just think that it's dangerous to become completely entrenched in a set of ideas. It's a dangerous thing to think that you are beyond reproach. Exactly. And I think that I think that what you're describing sounds to me a little bit like you know, like when you've got the same ticket at a football ground. Yeah. And you're all sporting the same team. Yeah. But there's nothing more fucking annoying than the people you have to sit with. Yeah, yeah, every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy at the back that just sees it overly simplistically. Yeah. Like, for God's sake, Finger, why don't you just go for it? We're going because, you know, there are pitfalls in any formation. Right? Yeah, yeah, so. I know. And, and I sort of, I sort of, I think I initially kind of started to feel like that straight after the referendum because, you know, I was surprised. I went through all of those feelings. But the thing that surprised me the most, I think, was how the left spoke about people that had voted for Brexit. And, you know, I think that while it is true that some, you know, I, I think it's true that people are ill-informed and a lot of people, we know a lot more now about the ramifications potentially of Brexit or not than we did before the referendum. Weirdly, we've done our research after the vote. But, <laughs> but, um, but like, I think that, I, I, I think that to assume that an entire side, the majority, the voting majority, have all operated in complete ignorance, I found that, I found that I found it disappointing actually. Do you know what I mean? And that sort of that sort of thing that they're all they're all racist or you know whatever. I just don't. I just didn't. I, I didn't. It didn't sit right with me really. Well, I suppose one of the dangers of what happened is maybe we're seeing now like the recent Euro elections. I know that we've discussed it many. You you were sort of like surprised by like the percentages overall that were still, yes. still for leaving remain, but also slightly amused by yeah. how little things have moved. And I wonder if, if the reason that it hasn't moved was because it, it was almost the die was cast in those few weeks after the elections, when rather than keeping... You know when you have a row with the missus and you say things that can't be left unsaid? Yes. So the, the issue with, like, you know, if Leave voters are criticising Remain voters, is often things like, you fucking Lindsay liberal cunt, yeah. you know what I mean? You're, yeah, there, no, you're fucking skis on. But ultimately, you're not being accused of the worst... You really... Do you know, as you sort of went <laughs> yeah. into that... Yeah. I really felt like sort of a, you looked like you were liberated. You know, there's a line, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a phone. Oh, just relaxed, Jesus. People, they often accuse me of playing a character. Well, the character I'm playing is is that I'm less right wing than I am in real life. Yeah, yeah. can and I can I just can I just verify? Jeff Norcott is one of my best mates, and this shit ain't a character. Man. Yeah, <laughs> sadly, it's all true. It's very regressive. Even today, there were comments. Not like racism, obviously. No, but, of course but, not. But, it, but sexism, you know. <laughs> I mean, sexism's a funny one, isn't it? Because, I mean, ultimately, it's definitely as bad as racism, isn't it? Right? Yes. However, it's still maintained a little comedy sort of well, vibe for, for, to it. The, the, the thing about sexism is it's definitely as bad as racism, but it just doesn't have as much of a stigma as racism does. Do you know what I mean? You can so, get away with yeah. it. Yeah. So, like, you could say something sexist, I think, and people would sort of go, Jesus, and then yeah. laugh, and not, and they wouldn't, change their job depending on how sexist yeah. what you said was yeah they wouldn't bear whereas if you said something racist they would go jesus and then 
that was story would get told. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. you're, you're, if you're, now, you're now racist, Jeff. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's that's that is you. Now, yeah. You whereas like Uchiyo, it went a bit far. I mean, yeah. if, if rappers had said, as like nineties gangster rap, where a lot of it was about Jews. Yeah. That wouldn't be like because I know a lot of really progressive people that allow themselves to enjoy that music yeah. despite the misogyny. Well, do you know what? It's if so, there was a lot of anti-Semitism, yeah, yeah, you know, well, early yeah. 90s hip hop. It's so funny. So, well, the thing about hip hop, right, that really mm. sort of shocked me is like I remember like when I started listening to hip hop, I started listening to like Public Enemy, and Public Enemy like very much like uh, you know I remember listening to Fight the Power, and they're very much about the black struggle, and and Public Enemy are, are not misogynistic um, at all. But then when I went to listen to other hip-hop, I'd sort of come from Public Enemy as a starting point. And then I remember listening to N.W.A., who, are very, who were very mm. misogynistic. And I remember thinking, I can't believe these guys are being sexist. Like, mm. isn't this... There's a struggle here. And, like, shouldn't we be, like, fighting for... A, I remember, like, just thinking... Yeah. Just thinking, oh, but you're... But you're rappers, you shouldn't be sexy. I remember like having that sort of thought process, and then I mean, and then you saw the, and then you saw the videos. Yeah, yeah, and then that washed away completely. Yeah, just like, keep, keep pouring champagne <laughs> yeah, on that yeah, booty. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Feminism. Once you get, I think, to a certain age, like both of us are in a situation now where we are the breadwinners and stuff. So there's there's yes. an effect on gender characteristics that goes with that, right? Yeah, well, I... Um, so, like, I read... Uh, so, I wrote this article... I, wrote, I have this column in The Guardian, and so this one particular column I wrote was about... Um, Lisa had gone out for the evening, and I was putting the kids to bed, and I'm just, like, dreadful at doing that. Because because I like spending time with the kids, so like, and they know that I like them, they, that I like to hang out with them, so they just basically manipulate me to the point where like their bedtime's much later and shit, and then Lisa comes home and she's like absolutely like going nuts. And then when that article came out, somebody just went, oh my god, somebody tweeted me going, this bloody, oh this is really, this is really progressive, isn't it? Man struggles, m- men struggling to put their kids to bed, isn't this like great? And I was like, I'm not men. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just talking about my situation. I'm a comedian, so I work evenings. So mm. by nature of my work, I'm less experienced at being around in the evenings. And also, my wife doesn't work, so she's home more yeah, than I am. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's These just, are pragmatic Yeah, this is just, this is just how life. my life is. Know, and I'm commenting... So I'm not going to not write about my experiences because they, they're not... My, my dynamic in my house is not as progressive as it, would, as it should be. Do you know what I mean? For your taste. So I was just sort of like... I think it's a, it's a, while I am all for being progressive, I don't agree with being prescriptive about that to everybody, do you know what I mean? Because mm. the truth is, the majority of people are in a, you know, a lot of people are in a more traditional home mm. setting, do you know what I mean? And that should be recognised, um, listen, obviously it's been recognised more so than any other dynamic, but what mm. I mean is, is we don't just, you don't just wash that away now, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's now well, part that's of the, the spectrum. Well, that's the point, isn't it? It's like, you know, and this is my issue about, like, cultural and political democracy, is, is where's the... the rep- it's, it's all going to get to have more broad representation of everybody in society, but there still needs to be a reflection of reality as it is, right? So if you've got, like, loads of advertisers, as you get at the moment, and have, this has happened to a lot of adverts, they've gone like, hey, why don't we just, like, really mix things up and then... Instead of having like two white people in a couple, have a mixed race couple, yeah. right? And that's great. You I'm, know? I'm strongly in favour of that, by the way. You know? Yeah. I mean, interracial love is that's what I'm about, mate. Well, it, but no, do, do you remember there was like a long period where you didn't see that, right? And then yes. so the first time you saw that, you go, well, that, like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. And then, but then there's like, there's, it's all that. Like, there's know, so many know, adverts now, but you think, like, actually, the radical thing to do now, 
would be to have two people that are the same skin colour. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the thing is, is that it's it's weird, isn't it? Because the the, the 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 situation you get to is actually you get to the point where the most interracial couples you see are on TV, and then, yeah. then it doesn't reflect what you see in your life, like when you go yeah. out and about. Do you know what I mean? And I remember, like, so, like, w- like when I first started doing stand up, which was like ten years, nine, ten years ago. And then I started getting to the point where you'd have meetings with production companies and stuff like that. And I remember, like, they'd say, oh, you know, have you got any ideas for scripted sitcoms? And the fact that my wife was white mm. was like a thing. was like a, not, was like a tick box for, for, you know, they were like, and then obviously it's unusual to see an interracial couple at the yeah. centre of a sitcom. And that has changed to the point where, well, by the time I got Reluctant Landlord, which my, you yeah. know, my sitcom doing now, just got, it sounds like I'm doing a plug, but anyway, the yeah. sitcom did. It's just not a thing. They just don't, you know, it's just not a thing. It's not even mentioned. It's like yeah, when yeah. we got to script stage or whatever, they just, nobody gave a shit. Do you know what I mean? And so, but I remember like having conversations with going, and obviously yeah. it's like kind of interesting that it's, you just yeah. don't see that. Must be odd when that's just your life. It's I like, know, it's so. It's, it's not like you've done uh, it to be wacky or, I know, it's, it's or like a really great, a really interesting plot feature. No, it's <laughs> and, and also sort of almost thinking like, I mean, don't get me wrong. You just like white birds. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm just into white awesome. girls. You know, what can I do? <laughs> you know, it's like, don't get me wrong. It does get you like, Slightly interesting, I guess. There's plot lines that can come from it, just yeah. by dint of the fact that sort of my wife is sort of experiencing Sri Lankan culture through her eyes by just getting to know my family and stuff, and there's all that kind of thing. But I, but like you said, I hadn't thought of it as a thing. I had thought of it as yeah. I'm, I've got no imagination, so I'm going to write from my experience. You know I mean, and that is my experience. You know? Is some of this a class issue? Because I think that one of the, the things about like the royal wedding as well was it did seem as though mixed race couples. For some people, seem to be invented that day between Meghan and Harry. <laughs> <laughs> like these guys, the yeah, new yeah. thing, mixed race couples, everyone's doing it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a thing about the way that you like, because I can't see you doing like a new material bit. Obviously, you you are a, a vegan. Yes. Um, but like, again, vegans seem to Thank annoy you. you. It's uh, well, I thought I'd get in there personally. But the um, but I think vegans seem to annoy you. Like there was, there's, I won't like. There's always like sort of like butchered a routine. Yeah. But it's based on that 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 advert that where vegan would have said instead of using this word. Yeah, Peta came out with uh, this thing about how uh, we shouldn't be using phrases that sort of incorporate cruelty to animals. So yeah. for example. They said you shouldn't say kill two birds with one stone anymore because I don't know what because because it normalises violence yeah. against animals and so they suggest it also normalises pragmatism yes yeah stones aren't easy to come by um, but um, and the thing is is like it's a weird one because I, I sort of find myself annoyed by vegans and non-vegans in equal measure do you know what I mean because because yeah. on the one hand I just think that. It, you need to be less militant about it, in my opinion, right? And, and I understand why they are militant about it, because they believe in it so strongly, and I understand that. And if, if you don't believe that animals should be killed for food, and you really strongly believe that, and that is in you, you feel that in your soul almost, mm. and then the whole of society is like, nah, man, we don't give a shit. Mm. I understand why that would upset you, but... The way you've got to see it is, well, okay, well, what's my, what's my viewpoint here? Well, I'd like more people to become vegan. Is the way that I'm doing this going to make that happen? Probably not. You know, if you're militant about it in a way that... Mm. I, I just don't think it is. Is it more likely, possibly uh, less, a bit, a bit lower impact, but is it more likely if I have a conversation with you, if you ask me about my veganism and I chat to you about my reasons for doing it, 
is that more like and, and include you in the conversation and not dismiss you because you like bacon, do you know what I mean? Is that more likely to get you on side? Probably, and I'm not saying it in the terms of I'm trying to convert everyone I speak to, but I just think you end up with animosity and that's why non-vegans end up hating vegans. Like, I say hate all the time, I don't, yeah. I mean dislike, take the piss well, out, do you know what I mean? Because I'm sort of the other side of that, is that I am a meat eater, I'm comfortable with my decision to eat meat, yes. so therefore I'm not challenged by veganism. Yeah. And then suddenly noticed like loads of comedians like really shitting on vegans to the point where the routine I've now written is about that. Yeah, it's yeah. about like well, I'm secure in my meat heterosexuality. Yeah. For one of a better phrase, I'm not saying that game. Yeah. You know, it sort of feels like a long-winded way of saying bestiality. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I totally. I mean, I, I think that the, the thing is, is that you know, there are there are all there are two types of I don't know. I think there are some meat eaters who are comfortable with what they do and they've made their choices and that is what it is what it is and that's where you fall into and I think there are other meat eaters who sort of kind of feel like they probably shouldn't be eating meat yeah. and, but it's just too difficult because meat's nice and I get that so their, their reaction is like a defensive one yeah I think so they're projecting their doubts yeah out it's like that. how I'd it's like how as a smoker I'd react to an ex-smoker sort of like you it's know, holding a mirror up yeah basically and I think that that sort of pisses people off but like and so non-vegans get very, very aggressive about it. And I think it's just sort of, uh, I think there's fault on, on both sides. But the truth of it is, is that like, vegans are so overrepresented. In, and I know that sounds like a, uh, but they, but you know, you and I were talking about it the other day. Yeah, it's still quite a small pop, pop I portion. I thought it was more, even I thought it was more than yeah. 2%. And I would the, have put it 7 to 10. Yeah. But. And for the people, you know, for the number of, Facts that are getting raised as a result of veganism. It's yeah. sort of disproportionate to the number of people that are actually becoming vegan. Do you know what I mean? What is, that? is that two in every hundred? What is? Well, that's two percent. You ask me if two percent is two in every hundred. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I could confirm. So you're a maths teacher. I was an English teacher. I could put a yeah. comma in that sentence. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I definitely sure. can pull the stat out of it. <laughs> can you imagine going back to teaching now? Like how, like the basics? Well, how... I went out. I went out for a drink with uh, with a couple of. Uh, guys I used to teach with and um, I don't know man like when I was teaching um, and I was like sort of told people I'm leaving to do stand up yeah. full time a lot of teachers were saying to me I wish I could get out of this it's getting yeah, yeah. it's getting worse and worse every year and I didn't know whether that was just perception or yeah. that's just you know like how teachers people always yeah, think things are getting worse and worse every a year a money job yes it is <laughs> it is but it is though yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like and then but then um what I did notice during my time of teaching is, first of all, obviously, the workload is insane. You get the goalpost moved. If I'm being waffly, you can edit this out, can't you? But, oh. the, but, the, but the other thing was, is that um, the, the thing I noticed, and I don't know if you found this in your mm. time teaching, is, is I became increasingly scared of the parents as a teacher. Like, when yeah. I started teaching, yeah. if you bollocked a kid, right, they would, um, if you bollocked a kid, that they would... You know, they would be nervous because their parents would yeah, find out. Yeah. Bit, and then it started to move towards... I remember, like, I was head of sixth form in my, like, last year of... of um, last couple of years of doing teaching. And I remember there was this uh, kid that got, like... This sixth form girl that got just bullied shitless, right? One day in the common room. Just horrible. Like, proper mm. mean girl style. Group of girls got around her and, like, really horrendous yeah. to her. And I called every one of them into my office and I said, you know, if that happens again, you let you, I'll kick you out of sixth form. You know, I was very calm. I didn't ever raise my voice. But I was very firm about it. I just said, it happens again, you're gone. That's it. I'm yeah. sorry, no tolerance, zero tolerance. And then I went off to teach a lesson and I came back and there was a mum waiting outside my office, right? Mm. A mum of one of the girls who had been guilty of doing this thing. And I went, she said, I want to speak to you now. 
and um, came into my office and just started shouting at me for the way that I'd spoken to her daughter and her daughter had phoned her in floods of tears over the way I'd spoken to her and all this. And, 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 and the reason I mention that is that that's not a one-off. I, I was increasingly yeah. finding no, it it the that parents were backing their kids to the point where, because the truth is, te- the authority of a teacher is a complete fallacy. Well, see, this is a thing where I wonder if it like, made your politics more transient, is that you know from having taught, right, there is that idea that everyone would like to hold on to, yeah. is be lovely, you know, be totally, like, nurturing all the time. But yeah. having taught, you know that there is a place for tough love, right? Yes. Oh, and, and there is a place for, like, disciplinarian. 100%. Right? I actually raised my hand like I was going to no, slap, I know, slap I know. someone. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. But, <laughs> but no, I totally, 100% agree with you, and I think, like, you know, I was never a particularly... I don't. I wasn't a strict teacher in the in the traditional sense of the term, but mm. I would have expectations, and I think kids need expectations, and yeah. they need to know that if they fall short of those expectations, there will be repercussions. Do you know what I mean? And I think it does like, sound sinister. Though, it does sound sinister. Sense, but, like, but, but they respect that. Do you know what I mean? Because like, the thing is, I is that what a mum come up? Did you say, look, there's going to be repercussions? Yeah, I yeah. said, listen, I don't <laughs> listen. I will strike <laughs> with furious vengeance. <laughs> Uh, but Mr. Maganese is rare to bring a hammer down and any <laughs> motherfucker dare step upside this joint. Um, but I think kids respect the one thing yeah. I found is that if the class, if the kids thought that you re- if the kids believed that you liked them, yeah, and had their best interests at heart, they would accept anything from you in terms of like bollockings, detentions, punishments. See, I think interesting. I think that that's something you brought into your stand-up because, like, even if you're being like a bit mean and stuff that's what yeah. people always perceive about you just exactly what you said that if you like them and have their best interests at heart yeah. it's a really interesting place um, to do stand up from I think and I, I totally agree about uh, um, the parents I think what they act is they act like the, the kid is um, they act like an agent and the kid is their like main client. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. It's a gun act that plays arenas. Yeah, yeah. So they just fuss around the fucking kid all day yeah. long. And if one thing happens that slightly affects the kid's chi, they'll be coming up and going, "Why are you?" And they're almost doing it performatively, so the yeah. kid can I mean, see I mean, them the, doing it. The thing is, as you say, it, I sort of think to myself, I get that because like you and I are both like parents, and you sort of think, if I don't ever want my kids to have a sad face like yeah, know, instinctively don't you don't want that no. but at the same time the truth is sometimes it's good for them to have a sad face do, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean it's yeah. good for them to it's like they have to experience disappointment and yeah. whatever in their and lives like they up yeah yeah it's gutting to sort of admit that you know when you when you when you when you first when you first have your baby go I don't want you to ever have a moment's unhappiness yeah, yeah. the truth is that's not you don't want, you don't really want that do you know I mean you want your no. kid to be fucking well adjusted well that's you know the mean? hard thing is in, in like in a society of instant gratification you've got to play long game yeah and that's a hard thing to do with your kid like I am a complete like I do you know I talk a good game in terms of tough love when it comes to my son and I do it with my son as well like he lobbed something at a restaurant the other day right and there's the one most that, difficult is funny. but there's that's one funny. there's the male part of me that just thought it was funny yeah because I saw the kind of fucking knuckle-headed look that fell across his face like moments before he did it he just lobbed it yeah and I it was my job to even tell him, using the word lob suggests yeah, he pride <laughs> it was Sorry, just interrupting the chat briefly here. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, I'm doing a show on Thursday, the 24th of October at Leeds City Varieties. I really, first time I did a tour show up north, it was like to like 60 people. This room, I did a support show with Catherine Ryan there, and I just thought, fuck, I would love to get to the point where I could fill this room or have a busy night in this room. So that one, Thursday the 24th of October, if you do live in Leeds, it's selling all right, but it's going to take a bit of going to fill it, but I'm hopeful, you know, I mean, 
it's not till October, Jeff. Some of you are probably thinking, Jeff, we've got there's so much stuff that's got to happen between now and then, Jeff. Uh, probably some of you might even have children in that time. But I think you know, if you are very close to becoming a parent for the first time, just in between your anxiety about that huge change in your life, if you could log on and buy some tickets to see my tour, I think that would be also important. And another thing is with the iTunes ratings. I've had quite a few people going on giving me fours recently. Now, I don't mind a four star. That's 80%, isn't it? But the problem is, is like all these other iTunes, they just get wall-to-wall five-star reviews because they're just, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do I'm trying to do something different. So if you just get a second, a nice little five-star review would be very handy. Thank you very much. So let's get back to the chat with Ramesh Ranganathan. I mean, you interested talking about gender as well. Like, how much has affect, how much has it affected you having three boys? I this idea, we all come. You know, we probably have the same stuff at university. You know, these same liberal left views where you go, you know, genders constructs, you know, yeah. and by the time you had three boys, yeah. that must have either solidified or challenged that. Uh, yes, to a degree. I mean, the, the one thing I am always a bit wary of is uh, that in our house there's like four lads and this yeah. poor woman that's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's, you have to make so many value judgments. Do you know what I mean? I and you also you become conscious that the way that you react as a man and a woman, particularly, is shaping a lot of what they well expect. So then I find you know you sort of find yourself sometimes going like you know it's constantly being said that you know daddy has to go and earn the pennies and stuff because I'm out working more, but my you know my wife does work. Then I was going, well, mummy earns the pennies too, but then even the way I've said that, I've really... I mean, that's... I mean, I, yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> I know, like, so that's not good enough, is it? Like, but, but, <laughs> I, 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 but it's funny, I, I do yeah. worry about that, man, because I sort of think, like, for all of our shit-talking yeah. about, you know, like, trying to bring up our kids right and to appreciate all different roles and blah, 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 you know, and, and men don't do this and women... You know, this is, this, these things aren't defined. Yeah. I sort of think they're seeing that every single day, reinforced by how things are at their house. Do you know what I mean? And constantly, Lisa and I are very conscious of like counteracting that in mm. our language. If I was to tell you that we do that as much as our lifestyles reinforce it the other way, that's utter no. bullshit. Do you but know if once in a while, you you what you wear a dress or something correct yes a high pitched voice yes yeah and, and, and Lisa, Lisa, will, down Lisa with will put on a drawn on felt Lisa too. will put on a strap on and pick the shit out of me yeah. <laughs> we do we have to do that you have to do that for your kids so she, she comes down and just do a fake deep voice go hey brother is you bitch where's my food yeah oh sorry man yeah and because that's exactly how I would talk to her like, <laughs> so if you go that's the thing if you're not able to do it often you do have to go really <laughs> yeah you have to yeah, you have to yeah. really fucking yeah. redress the balance oh yeah. oh <laughs> that ended up. <laughs> I liked it. That could have. I reckon we could have riffed with that for another forty-five minutes or something. We could, but I wasn't sensing like because obviously realised that from your point of view, you've got a lot more skin in the game <laughs> in that imagery than I have. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. Uh, I'm. I'm sort of like not sensing that it's necessary for me to take that. No, I, but I liked what you did. I appreciate yeah. the courage you oh. showed. Thanks, man. Bearing in mind that that image didn't involve you or your members of your family <laughs> at all. I never do it. Really I fucking run a tight ship. So. Um, we got some uh, um, audience questions in the Great. first, of which slightly relates to that. Um, this is very simple, and I do like this from my audience. Any kind of question. This, there's no real. You, so the remit is any question. Anything. Anything. Okay. Uh, what's the most pain you've ever been in? That's from Doctor Beak. <laughs> What's the moment? Is it when your wife did you with a strap on to uh, challenge gender roles in front of your children? Um, I tore my frenulum. Uh, 
Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, I'll rip that. Is that that's the thing in your... It's like the little bit that's like the under... You know, like that. Of your dick? Yeah. Fuck, how do you do that? During sex. Oh like, my God, were you aware when it happened? I, I was fully aware, yes. I was made, I was fully aware. So in agony? Yes, instantly I was in agony. Hmm. Um, and then... Um, Vinegar strokes? No, didn't get anywhere near those. Oh, okay. Probably better, otherwise yes, you would have, may have done something you'd always regret. Yeah, some sort of thousand <laughs> round. Um, but... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why did I say that? Man? Anyway. That's definitely staying in. Um, so, the, the, so, but the, the thing was it, was, it was not just the pain. Yeah. It was the terror, because there's a lot of blood. Like, a, a yeah. lot of blood. Dr. So v, I, by the way, is now regretting that. Yes, sure. But, uh, me, if you ask those questions... I didn't think there would be blood. I mean, I, that shocked me. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of blood. And then, obviously, dude, I've got like a hard-on and then I've torn the... You know, yeah. I mean, it's all been... All blood has been redirected, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Fuck. So... so you go to A&E or was it? No. So I, um, I sort of uh, phoned up the NHS helpline. <laughs> the whole time, the girl I was with was just going please don't pass out please don't pass out because she's just freaking out that I was yeah, just going to yeah. like slump to the um, and uh, I phoned them up and they said you just need to um, you just need to uh, like just it's just normal fit. like once you're once yeah. you're once the Hulk shrinks down to sort of yeah. Bruce Banner yeah. uh, you'll be fine or the Bruce see... Banner down to Ant-Man yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if once that happens you'll be alright but you just got to just be a bit careful yeah so then I just thought I need to, I want to go to the doctor because like, mm. what if it like grows at a right angle or something? I'd be stuff like that. Yeah. Totally. So I went to the fa- I'm our family doctor. I mean, <laughs> I like, might have driven personally. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> NHS dropping centre in Yarmouth, maybe. <laughs> I didn't do that. I just went to our family doctor. That's known us for years and years and years. Oh, you're and bloody I dick sh- in your yeah, hands. I showed him my dick, and he said, <laughs> <laughs> he said. Oh, that'll be all right. Just leave it. Oh. And I thought, why have I shown you my dick? <laughs> <laughs> you could have explained it. My wife is. This is from Faisal in Aberdeen. Um, how do you how do you spell that? But F A I S A L. I should have just spelled Aberdeen. Faisal maybe. Value. I should have just spelled Aberdeen. That yeah. was the gag. Yeah, yeah. Missed it. Um, Faisal, my wife is giving birth soon. Uh, do I need to be at the birth? I'm willing to do it, but I just think we're both going into it that way because that's the done thing. She doesn't want me to see her bits like that, and rather would I. Doesn't make sense. Neither would I. I think. <laughs> mm. uh, should I just bite the bullet and suggest it? See how it flies. Well, the problem here, Faisal, is that if you've read the mood music wrong, this will never be forgotten. No. Like if you, if she does definitely want you to be in that yeah. room, and you go, babe. I think I know what you want. I'm yeah. just going to work the corridors. I mean, I think that you need to do whatever it is your wife wants you to do. Yeah. Because it's... It, that is... Listen, it just is how it's got to be, man. If she wants you to do a handstand on the bed with your head looking directly into her <laughs> vagina, you will have to do that because <laughs> she's going through a lot of shit here. The truth is, Pfizer, you sort of... You don't want to be there. Yeah, uh, that that is clear. <laughs> and he's projecting that. Yeah, yeah, and you're obviously projecting that. Do you want? 
Uh, because also the other thing that you're sort of neg- you're, the other thing that you're sort of neglecting to mention is it's possible to be at the birth and not look at your wife's bits at all. I mean, that, you, you hear just, stuff you just, from it. You hear I stuff. know you hear stuff, but you just stay away from the business end. Okay, you can do that. Yeah. You, you you can be at the birth. I'll be honest with you, it's difficult, <laughs> but you can, but you can avoid <laughs> you can avoid seeing stuff. What you will hear, oh, all I would say is. A pair of noise-cancelling headphones will work while investment. Well, just like, you go, what? Imagine the other where she actually tries to speak to you directly. No, but you can get those ones where if you just put your hand yeah. on the side of it, it dips out oh, the noise. Oh, okay. Because they might be going, oh, you, you were shouting. The, f- the funniest thing is, like, I remember, like, after, after we had our first son, we were in, um, he was, like, struggling to feed a little bit. So, yeah. stayed, so Lisa stayed in the hospital a bit longer than normal. And I remember sitting with her, and we were sort of just having a chat, and then the, the one of the midwives came in and said, "Do you want any toast or anything?" And Lisa said, "Oh no, I'm all right." And I went, "Yeah, I'm fine, thank you." And she looked at me <laughs> as if to say, "The idea that I would even think about your nourishment." Well, that is a very important point to make to face with. Is is that you've got to you got to think about how do you deal with status drops? Yeah. Because truthfully, I would say, and this this is contentious, I would say midwives probably would prefer the old ninety fifty style. Hundred percent. Get the fucking man out yeah, of the room. Yeah. He made he, he made this. If the, yeah, like I, I just think that you you're so surplus to requirement. In fact, you're a hindrance. Yeah. That, that, that everybody there is dealing with you being a hindrance, and your wife doesn't even really want you there. But she just wants you she there. She doesn't want you to not be there. No, exactly. Yeah. That's a, that is a truth. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that is yeah. exactly what it is yeah. because you don't help. Our uh, final one here, it's not a husband stuff, but like we like to do, I don't like to call it mental health anymore because I'm trying to do a bit more of a light touch. I'm hoping that it's implicit, right? So this is from Alan in Wigan. Uh, is my wife cheating on me? Oh my God. She is suddenly happy and in good shape after many years of being unhappy and chubby. It's definitely not because... She of certainly me. should be cheating, would <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she, she won't. She is now, Alan. <laughs> You're throwing um, around words like chubby, chubby. <laughs> I mean, like, even if I thought my wife was cheating on me, I'd still observe, like, certain decorum. Yeah, listen, I would, I would, yeah. I mean, like, she struggled with the baby weight. Yeah, even if... My, I, my wife, my wife. Even if I walked into my house and my wife was absolutely <laughs> getting... Ragged. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> fuck silly, I would not call her chubby. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the stakes are so high at that point. Just absolutely ridiculous. It's even worse to do it then because yeah. the adrenaline's flowing, she's turned on. <laughs> Who knows what she'd do to you? She won't just fucking kill you, behead you. That'd be awful. Then finish the bloke off. If, oh, if the guy just beat you to death with his massive cock. What a way to go. Just bludgeoned to death like the, like by your <laughs> wife's lover's cock because you called her chubby. <laughs> Like just all of like the worst male neuroses coming to light, like <laughs> defeating battles, Monaco. And you go like, that'd be a tough one to explain, wouldn't it? The service as well. <laughs> he, uh, he, you know, he lived. He died. He died doing what he loved, defending himself from a huge car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel bad. Look, Alan. So, I what it seems is, is like we've seen this in all of our wives and stuff. There'll be periods where, but essentially, what's happened is they've gone into a good period of form emotionally and psychologically. Mm-hmm. She's in a purple patch. She's in a purple patch. She's lost a bit of weight. She's looking fantastic. You know, Emma's looking fantastic at the moment. Your mm-hmm. missus always looks fantastic. My missus always looks fantastic. Yeah, this is what happens when you start talking. You can edit that out. Yeah, but crazy. no, we're, we're very lucky uh, in that respect. So, but it does sometimes make you think, well, I'm not feeling that happy. I'm a bit fat right now. What yeah. is. 
why are you happy? Yeah, yeah. And then, and, and maybe... Because if, if you're... Because normally, you're, you're live, your lives yeah. ebb and flow together. And now you've got a situation where, I mean, Alan, you haven't given us any indication of how you're looking. But you <laughs> yeah. haven't said anything about how you're looking better, or you've dropped He's called Alan, he's from Wigan. This is a massive stereotype. I'm going to think his BMI is on the wrong yeah. side. He's on, a, he's on a gradual decline, isn't he? Yeah. So, so that, that, that does raise questions, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The other thing is, you know, we are making... Are we allowed to now make the assumption that if somebody's lost weight, that's definitely a positive thing? I mean, we still... That, yeah, that's, that's, she might be ill. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you you should be. Um, That's <laughs> you should be. You shouldn't be checking her phone. Though. You should be uh, checking her for lumps. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't mean that. No, what no. I meant was, you know, it's like I read this article recently. Um, this woman who said that she's lost weight inadvertently, hmm. and people are going up to her saying. You've lost weight. That's great. You look. Yeah. Well, how come you're looking so good? And she finds it quite annoying. Mm. So all I'm saying is she protests a little bit too much. For maybe me. I'm calling that. I mean, you've not even read the article. Uh, you're basically you know, just lost summer. weight. Yeah, but I've got a very cynical view of people like that. <laughs> I just lost weight in a Verney. She's just got so tiresome having to field those complaints. I mean, Alan, what I would say is, you know, what you've got to look at is a, is a potential scenario. So it is possible that your wife one day was out shopping. She caught a reflection in the in a shop window or something and thought to herself, do you know what? I don't feel like I, I'm living my best life here. And I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start exercising and start eating a bit healthier. Mm. I'm going to start looking at my wardrobe and, you know, start taking a bit yeah. more pride in myself, possibly. For him, Alan, this is... It could be, world. it could be. We don't know. It could be like, you know, it could it be could like... Be for you, bro. Yeah. And so she's, she's worked away. She's looking great. Yeah. And good, on, good for her, by the way. She's yeah. looking great. She's on top of the world. And then the first, the, thi- the first thing you jump to, yeah. the first thing you say, disgusting, is that she is she cheating on me? Yeah. After she's, I mean, sniffing her clothes. Yeah. Checking her phone. Checking for another man's musk. Oh my god. Sniffing around like a little fucking. I I, I would hound. I would I would say this, Alan. I think often this feeling comes from. That you are not being the husband that you wish to be, right? You're cheating. You're cheating. If this was Jeremy Kyle, this would be an open ocean. Okay. Yes. Alan's cheating on his missus. Yeah, Alan from Wigan is definitely <laughs> fucking top. If you're living in Wigan and you're married to someone called Alan, oh, yeah. you need to check his phone. Check his <laughs> Because Alan has rewarded it's your a, weight loss with a, being a swordsman. It's an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have done this before. I look, don't worry. I know this. Like these are real people's questions, but this is the problem. You step into this. I'm not going to necessarily take it. But I think actually it's not far off it. Actually, I know we're taking the piss. I think we've covered all the potential angles. I, here, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. It's a shame that you've jumped to that. And you might have done it for yeah. joke purposes to send in to, to Jeff. Yeah. But it, but if you haven't, then shame, shame on, on you. Shame on Alan. Yeah. Okay, well, listen, mate, um, thank you so much for coming on uh, What Most People Think. I'd like to, I, I suspect with the listeners' questions, uh, there might be follow ups. Yes, I'd love, I to, I'd love to think that, you know, sort of just in person, legally and morally, you'll back me up on a number of these issues when, um, as and when they do, you know, in terms of aftercare. 
Sure, listen, mate. Um, I all I what I was going to say to you as soon as we finish recording yeah. this is please can you keep me up to date with all of those situations yeah. because I don't want any of them to feel like they haven't been they properly feel, addressed. This, you know? this is men's advice and sometimes sure. it will be brutal and actually I, I think we took the piss with Alan. I think we actually got somewhere somewhere accurate, somewhere somewhere positive. Yeah, I mean enjoy your wife, Alan. <laughs> that was that was what, that like, creepy. what an insane thing. To, but you know what I mean? I mean spiritually, emotionally and sexually. Enjoy your wife like you're like the other guy. <laughs> this is bad. Listen, we're always ragging over. Thank you so well, much. Listen, Jeff, before yeah. you, listen, before you, yeah. thank you so much for having your podcast. I just want to say, people listening to this won't necessarily need me to say this, but you are one of the best Aww. in the game and I want that to be recognised. Okay? Thanks, mate. I now feel really bad about that joke I made earlier when I hoodwinked you into that conversation. Oh, the mum thing? Yeah, but yeah. I, I actually think, I actually think it was I think it was a good exposure of my vanity because yeah. to, for you to go the most, you said, because you were pretty effusive, the most bankable in the around, didn't you? Yeah. And I stepped, I fucking stepped out. Man, most bankable comics out in the UK. Well, I do think that about you, but if I now say the response is, the, the kind of listeners I got, they will be throwing, having oh. enjoyed this hour immensely, yeah. they will now be, if we start basically noshing each other off. Yes, they'll uh, be absolutely disgusting. And also, I can't imagine. Everybody that listens to anybody that listens to your podcast is a fan of mine. I, I just find. Oh no, there, there will be. Yeah, be Let me know. Tweet me at yes Ramesh Ranga. Yeah, all the you know. I'll get tweets. Alan, tweet me though. I would like to follow. Yeah, up Alan, on that. definitely want to follow up on Alan. Yeah. And Please listen. do too, because honestly, mate, I know we sort of took the piss, but I do care about what's going on in your marriage. I'll keep you abreast and uh, watch the next episode of Ranga Nation, which is on Sunday. Sunday night, nine o'clock, BBC Two. Cool. Cheers, man. Thanks, mate. Okay, so that is the end of the show, and what a great guest Ramesh was. Really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed the in-dev chat and the pissing about with the letters. And anybody, and I know I don't always have time to do all of the people that send in letters, but I do read all of them. When I get a minute, I will try and respond to everyone that I can. By the way, if you're wondering why I've had a strange sort of hushed tone in all the bits where it's been just me, I'm recording this bit while my wife and kid are asleep upstairs. So as much as I give it the big end, I am actually a considerate father. But I will be playing drums shortly after this. So I, it just remains for us to do an iTunes review. So I was saying earlier about a few of these four-star reviews where people can't bring themselves to give me a five. So I'm sort of, you know, I'm still grateful that people have taken the time to write me a review. But here's, here's a good example from somebody called The Boxing Brain. It's quite a long one. I think this guy is going to have, you know, quite a sort of, you know, considered kind of voice. So I first saw Jeff on the MASH report and thought, I, although I describe myself as left-wing, probably more towards the centre now, I'm 40, of course you are, mate. You're 41. And well paid. He says he's well paid. I like the honesty. And you got a mortgage. I mean, we all, we all drift towards it. We all go that way. You never know where you'll end up, mate. You've already drifted centre. You could end up fucking UKIP. I like the fact he was giving a brackets, very funny, close brackets, right wing's perspective among all the left wing hand wringing. This show offers more of the same. Jeff's right of centre and unashamedly conservative views, but done in a humorous way which acknowledges the absurdity of political arguments from all corners. The bit on men and male issues at the end of each episode is well done and strikes the right balance of taking the piss and taking the issue <laughs> seriously. The only reason I haven't posted a five-star review is because, as a petty member of the London Liberal Elite, I can't bring myself to give a Brexit voting Tory five stars. Sorry, Jeff, But look... We're all brothers and sisters together. Let's let's get a new Tory leader. Let's get Brexit done. 
and let's get on with winning the World Cup and just be, you know, bring the country on. What the fuck? I have no, this so, this is far too late to be signing out. I'm, I'm recording this. Like, it's at 11 p.m. at night. My brain has already stopped. It's already stopped. I'm now, this is dream Jeff doing this. But look, as I say, thanks to anybody that, that takes the time to buy tour tickets, download this. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you again. I'll see you again. This is why, look, it's too late for me to be saying this stuff. I'll do another, I'm going to have to keep this really basic now to finish the podcast without fucking up any more stuff. I will do another podcast in two weeks, probably on a Thursday, latest Friday. Thank you very much for listening. What most people think.